You're listening to another life-transforming message from Awakened Church with campuses in San Diego and Salt Lake City. To find out more about us, go to awakenedchurch.com. I love the Word of God. How many are ready for the Word of God this morning? I love getting a chance to dig into it, lean into what God is saying and what God is doing. And in this season, right now, we are doing a series around movies, right? You know, called That'll Preach. And how many have been listening to these messages and then basically going home and watching whatever people preach on? Because you're like, you know, I haven't seen that movie in a while. That sounds like a good movie. I almost thought about doing that to us because lately I've been on a binge watch of Braveheart. You know what I'm saying? And uh, I almost went Braveheart. I almost did it. You know what I mean? I was right there and I was like, ah, super predictable for me right now to do Braveheart. And uh, I should probably hold off on that. So I did post it to my Instagram story so I could watch it at any time that I want to. You know what I mean? So how many know that line where Mel Gibson, a.k.a. Uh, what's his name again? Uh, William Wallace. There, I was testing you guys, testing you guys. Megan, William Wallace is writing them down and just getting people amped. I mean, if you watch that clip and your heart rate doesn't elevate watching that, like, are you alive? You know what I'm saying? Like, are you an American? I don't know. But when he says you can take our lives, but you can't take our freedom, I'm like, oh, game over. I'm about to, like, rip my shirt off, start running around the room, just getting fired up, paint my face. You know what I'm saying? Let's go. But I'm not preaching about that. Um, but I do love that that clip. Uh, I am, uh, my wife in the front row says, keep your shirt on. That's a little harsh. You know what I mean? But, you know, it is what it is. You know what I'm saying? I do need to work out, okay? Let's be honest. Thank you, babe. That's important accountability. Accountability is key. You know what I mean? It's very important, so I appreciate that. Um, well, I'm, I am going to preach around a movie that's one of those sort of sci-fi, well, not really sci-fi, but sort of one of those out there movies that you thought could never be real, and then all of a sudden you start feeling like, why does this movie feel like our real life right now? So I'm going to preach about the Hunger Games, okay? And Hunger Games feels too real. You watch it, and you're like, is this the news? I don't know. And... Uh, it feels way too similar. A lot of these movies are like that right now. All these old movies that people thought like, it'd be so crazy, it'll never happen, but let's create a movie about this scenario. And it's like, wait, it's happening? Why? What is going on? But I'm going to watch uh, a clip, a specific clip from The Hunger Games. Katniss is like the hero, the lioness of this movie. She's stirring. She's leading. She's upsetting the system and the narrative. But the clip that we're going to see is a bit of a window into a moment where she's really not herself. There's a moment where she's caught up in the overwhelming fear of the reality of her scenario. So let's check out this clip, and then we'll come back. Where are we going to run away? Into the woods, like we always talked about. If we leave right now, we're going to be far away from here by tonight. Yeah, who's we? You, me, and your fiancé? It's not just me and Peta anymore. Snow threatened to have you killed. Anyone else? Well, you didn't exactly give me a copy of the list, but a good guess it includes both of our families. Unless what? You and Peta get married? Unless nothing now. Gail, we can do it. You said to yourself that we could do it the morning of the reaping. What do you say now? Do you love me? Kaylee, you know how I feel about you. But I can't think about anyone that way right now. The only thing that I can think about every day, every waking moment, since the reaping is how afraid I am, 
There's no room for anything else. But maybe if we got away from here, if we went somewhere safe, it could be different. I could be different. You think maybe the president's bluffing? He's not bluffing. Not with what's going on in the districts. What do you mean? What did you see? There were people fighting in the streets, and fires and peacekeepers were gunning them down, but the people were... What? The people were what? They were fighting back. It's happening. It's finally happening. I should have just eaten the berries in the arena and died like I was supposed to, then everything would be back to normal and everyone would be safe. Safe for what? To starve? Work like slaves? Send their kids to the reaping? You haven't heard people getting this. You've given them an opportunity. They just have to be brave enough to take it. There's already talk in the minds. People want to fight. We have to go, Gail, before they kill us. They will kill us. What about the other families? Huh? The ones who stay. What happens to them? People are looking at you, Kat. I don't want anyone looking to me. I can't help them. you want. I'm staying here. Oh, hey. Wow. What a clip, huh? Did someone say, does that feel like California right now? Yeah. That's what I'm saying. You're like, wait, did we just watch a newsreel? Is that real? Now, what a, what a scenario. It's so interesting about this this clip that we're seeing because what's happening here and and she starts off this narrative and this conversation and she just says listen all I can think about is how afraid I am I have no room for anything else and one of the biggest things that has happened in this last era is this riding in of the spirit of fear into our nation and that's one of the things I, I, I just felt the Holy Spirit saying right at the beginning of this in 2020, as all the stuff was happening, that the spirit of fear is utilizing the, the virus, utilizing the pandemic, utilizing the narrative, utilizing the conversation to literally ride in almost undetected in our nation and release a widespread panic through the spirit of fear. And what fear does is it has this literally destructive effect on us. Have you ever been right now in this last era looking around the world and you see the news clips and you go like, how is that possibly a real life news story? Like, is that really happening? Um, insane. My family lives in Minnesota, sent me some clip about, you know, you know, a woman beheaded in day, broad daylight in Minneapolis. I was like, is this real or is this literally the Hunger Games uh, episode? And, and so there's all kinds of shenanigans going out there. How many times have you said to yourself, man, this is insane right now? And then literally, uh, um, uh, kind of a well-known, is it uh, some like New York, not New York Times, but New York Post, I think it was, literally had a huge front page that just said, insane, right? Because that is like one of the most consistent words that we all kind of find with what is happening in the world that's around us. We keep feeling like, man, how insane is this? Man, what they just said was, here's what happens. When fear comes in, it literally starts making us do crazy things. It clouds our judgment. It starts getting us distracted. It starts getting us to say the wrong things, do confusing things. People are making bad decisions right now. Why? It's fear. 
Fear clouds, fear distorts, fear intoxicates our brain in a way that we're disorientated and unable to make logical decisions. If you haven't been using the word insane, you probably said, man, this doesn't even make sense. This is illogical. This is not one plus one is two anymore. Now one plus one is pi r to the fourth power. You know what I'm saying? It's just like, what happened? Like, where did we go with logic? What happened to truth? What happened to the reality, right? It's fear. Fear is a tool of the enemy. It's been the tool of the enemy since the beginning. Always trying to get us in fear. Always trying to get us to move in that direction. I want to remind you what 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7 in the Amplified Version says. I love this. It says, for God did not give us a spirit of fear, or sorry, a spirit of timidity, or cowardice, or fear. But he has given us a spirit of power and of love and of a sound and of sound judgment and personal discipline. And watch how it explains this out. Abilities that result in a calm, well-balanced mind and self-control. Now, how great is that in the mess or uh, in the amplified version? I always say this, if you don't have time to go to Bible college right now, but you need a little bit of a broader word study on what does this really say, the Amplified basically does a short cut, quick, quick snapshot into a broader definition by adding additional adjectives or ways of describing certain key words that were in the original Hebrew or Greek that don't have like an exact word translation, right? So that's why sometimes the Amplified is so incredible because it expounds a little bit to give us a broader picture of what exactly is God trying to say here? What does the scripture say? What is the author attempting to get at? But in this, in this scenario, one of the things you'll notice is that Katniss is not being herself in this clip. Right? In most, I, I literally picked the, the clip where she's like weak, and in literally the entire series, she's like strong. Right? She's the lioness. She could be like, you know, the front of, you know, uh, fearless conference. You know what I'm saying? She's just like, Super hardcore, girl on fire, right? It's like this amazing movie about how she rallies and changes and upsets culture, and it's, it's incredible. But in this scenario, she's not herself, and that's what fear does to us. That's what a lack of clarity does. That's what uncertainty does. That's what confusion does, right? And this is a part of the strategy of the enemy is to not only bring in fear, but then also bring in doubt and confusion. Right, because how many times in our culture right now are we, in, in, in essence, eliminating all truth? So it's like, first it was like your truth and my truth. Now it's just kind of like nobody's right. And, and no, there is no truth. There's just nothing at all. And how disorientating is that way to live? When you live with no truth, it's, you, you live confused. You live in chaos. You live in uncertainty. So the world is constantly attempting to peel back the layers and get us to think that nobody is right. Well, here's the reality. Somebody's right. There is truth. There is a way. There is a reality, right? And his name is Jesus, right? There is a way. So the world is trying to get us to live in this fear-filled lack of truth type of existence that literally the enemy can then do whatever the heck he wants with people. 
because you have no foundation. You have no clarity. You have no conviction. You have no guiding force inside of you. You're just trying to like exist. You're retreating. You're in a fear type of mechanism and you're doing what is unnatural to you. See, Katniss naturally was a fighter. She was just one, one to stand up, one to go after it, one to stand for truth, resist injustice. And now here she is hiding, retreating, in fear and uncertainty, unlike her because she had no room, she said, for anything but fear. And that's what the enemy is going to constantly try to do, just fill every element of your mind, your thought, your life with fear. And to where it's like, man, i got no room for anything else. But here's one of the ways that we kick out fear. We start filling that space with faith. We start filling that space with truth. And then all of a sudden, i got no room for fear in my life. You can flip the script on it. Instead of having no room for faith, I got no room for fear. Man, I got the word of God so crammed into my mind, filling my spirit, that you try to shove some fear into my life, you try to push lies on me, and I'm gonna, I'm not, I, I don't got room for that. I'm already filled up. I've already got the word of God on the inside of me. I'm already full of truth. And Jesus makes the claim. Jesus makes the most strong and bold claim. It's what separates Christianity from other religions. Many people would try to say there's many paths to God, but Jesus makes a strong claim, and he calls you and me to surrender and follow this. He says, I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. Nobody comes to the Father except through me. So in a world of confusion, where we got coexist bumper stickers. I posted something the other day. That person had so much confusion in their life. They had a, a thousand different bumper stickers about like, you know, basically believing that there is no belief. You know what I'm saying? I just was like, I was sad for this person because they are so in turmoil and chaos and confusion. And Jesus cuts through all that. And he calls you and me to step up to believe, put our faith in him as the way. And there is the truth. And that's what, that's what differentiates us. And many people say, well, come on, you know, you know, what about people who don't believe? Well, hey, I love them, but I, but I love them too much to let them keep running into, into oncoming traffic, so to speak. I love people too much to withhold the truth. I've got to keep bringing the truth. And Jesus says, I am the truth. He makes that claim. He calls us to live that way. He calls us to step up and step into that. And in, in, in the world that we live in right now, we're going to have to make a decision. Are we going to be quiet? Are we going to be silent? Are we going to live in fear like in this clip that we saw? Or are we going to step up to the moment? Right? Are we going to step up with truth? Because in this dazed and confused and fear-filled state, I, I think the, one of the best ways to visualize that is that we have a drowning world. They're drowning in their own confusion. They're drowning in their own chaos. They're drowning in their own dysfunction. They're drowning in their ideologies. They're drowning in it. Nobody has answers for anybody. Nobody has answers. Everyone, the only answer is that there's no answer in the world. And that, that is a depressing way to live. It's why depression, even before COVID, is so rampant. Why anxiety? Well, if you teach a generation that they have no creator, they have no purpose, they've got no destiny, well, how else are you supposed to respond to that? But with hopelessness to go, well, we'll forget it all then. What's the point of life 
if I have no design, no designer, no purpose, and no plan. I'm just here to kind of live, try to accumulate as much stuff as I can, and then die. Man, what a horrific way to live. But as a Christian, we've got a different hope. Because not only do we have a hope now, we've got a hope for eternity. There's just something so different about us. I think about it. Um, sorry, I kept going. I know you're trying to clap there. But um, here, here's the deal. Paul says, when somebody passes away that you love, man, we mourn. Because the, the reality of pain, the reality of loss, the reality of disconnection, we absolutely mourn. And, and, and we should, and that's right, and that's proper when you lose someone that you love. But Paul says, we don't mourn like those who have no hope. So there's a difference. Man, we, we are all feeling the weight of the reality of 2020, 2021 so far. We're feeling the weight of that. But we don't have to feel the weight like those who have no hope, right? So there, there should be a difference between you and me and those who don't know Jesus. There should be a difference about how I carry myself, how I fight, how I stand, how I speak, how I live, how I love. There should be a difference about me because I am not without hope. So oftentimes I try to encourage people because people can get in a real like all hope is lost or doom and gloom or even let's say if I'm posting about issues in culture right now, and I do that a lot. I don't hold back. I step up. I speak out about stuff, right? But if some people can see me posting where I'm confronting, I'm challenging issues, I'm coming against it with some type of assumption that I must feel like overwhelmed by the chaos of the world that's around me. No, no, I'm just speaking truth because I'm trying to adjust something that's happening, but I'm speaking truth from a position of peace, because I still know who's on the throne. I still know who holds the universe, right? So I'm not living in fear. I don't have to be in fear. I got courage on the inside of me, faith on the inside of me. God hasn't given me a spirit of fear, but he has given me a spirit, right, of boldness, of courage, of love, of a sound mind, of discipline, of faith, right? So I can take on life. I can come against anything that I'm facing because I know that God is with me. But here's the deal. If I don't have that rock solid on the inside of me, if I don't have that truth, the Bible says it's an anchor for my soul. If I don't have that, then I'm going to have a hard time rescuing the world that's around me because they are drowning in their dysfunction. But here's the thing. I was talking to Pastor Jurgen about this. If I'm drowning, uh, then I don't need you to throw me a bucket of water. I need you to throw me a rope. I need you to give me some hope. I don't want you to sell me dope. I don't know. I'm just trying to, just trying to rhyme for a little bit. Um, I need you to throw me a rope. And a lot of times what's happening is because we don't want to hurt, offend, say something that people won't like, we're throwing them water. Now, maybe we've warmed it up. Maybe it's warm water. So if you're in the ocean, it's cold. It feels nice. It feels like a nice splash of warm water, but I'm still drowning. I'm still drowning. I don't need more water when I'm drowning in it. I need a rope. I need somebody to bring me some truth. I need somebody to bring me a lifeline 
That's going to pull me out of my dysfunction. That's going to pull me out of it. And God has called us as a church to be those truth bringers, to be the people that when the world is saying, oh, it's confusing, we have no hope and we have no answers and we don't know how to get out of it, you and me can say, actually, I have the way. I have the truth. I have the life. This is it. This is the answer. This is the hope that you need. This is the way. Come on, stop throwing water at people. Give somebody a rope, right? Now, I love a good motivational quote like the next guy, right? I post a lot of good quotes. But we don't need just kind of sanitized versions of worldly philosophies. We need the truth. Because that's the only hope for this generation. Somebody wake up, morning. Somebody's a late sleeper on Sundays normally. <laughs> oh, I love that. At men's prayer on Tuesdays, we have a lot of people's wake-up alarms that go off on Tuesdays during prayer because they're not used to being up that early and they don't turn off their, their daily alarm clock. So it's pretty funny. Um, so we, we, don't, we don't mourn like those who have no hope. We don't live like those who have no hope. We bring truth, and the truth is what's going to set people free. Jesus says, I'm the way, the truth, the life. Nobody comes to the Father except through me. This is what we have to bring to the table. We've got to be the truth dispensers. We've got to be those who are bringing hope. And I just want to remind you guys of the, of the assurance that we can have that the truth of God is sure, it's trusted, and it's trustworthy. You know, about, I would say, every 50 to 100 years, the enemy will do a full-on assault on trying to get the world to believe that the Bible is not trustworthy, right? Now, there's, that happens in little ways all the time, but I would say there's like a full-court press the enemy will do from time to time because that's how he started. In the very beginning, remember, the devil's talking to Eve. What did God say? Well, God said, don't touch the tree. And what did he say? Did God really say? Right, This is literally the seed form of all of the devil's deception is to try to get you and me to not believe that God's word is true, to not believe that it's really the way, to not believe that it really has the answers, that it has the answers for relationships, that it has the answers for finances, it has the answers for governments and nations, it has the answer for marriage and parenting, and it has the answers. It has the hope in it. And, but the enemy is going to constantly try to get you and me to doubt that. Get you and me to second guess that. Get you and me off course in that. Get you and me doubting what God has said, doubting the truth. Even uh, the late, great Reverend Billy Graham, uh, I watched a documentary on him. And in the beginning of when his, his kind of life and ministry was really getting national and global, he began to talk about uh, this wrestle that really kind of came through the body of Christ at that time where everyone was kind of challenging the validity of God's word. Come on, you, you know, you're going to preach the Bible, but, you know, can you really trust it all? You know, I've heard there's a lot of errors. You know how translations get all the, you know, generation after generation. Can we really put our faith and hope? And he wrestled with it and came to that conclusion that I have and that many have over thousands of years that God's word is trustworthy, that it is the truth, that it's inerrant, that I can put my hope in it, that I can stand on it as a solid foundation. And that is why when he did that, that is why a lot of times you watch some of his old sermons, you watch replays of it, which, you know, I, I do, but it's, it's amazing. He's a legend. And what you watch, a lot of times he will say things like, the Bible says. 
God's word declares, right? He'll just emphatically use the word of God as the truth standard, right? And it wasn't because that time in history, everyone just embraced the Bible as true. It's because he said, this is the only hope. This is what our world needs. I will not back down from it. Now, for me, when I post things, a lot of times I'm posting about God's word. I'm posting about truth. I'm posting about freedom. I'm posting about all these types of concepts. And I will oftentimes be saying, come on, America, come back to Christ. Come on, America, return to God's word. Come on, America, Let's, we've strayed too far. Come on, we got we to gotta go after God's word in every situation. And I'll get people all the time who will DM me, slip into the DMs, and they will say, hey, Samuel, not everybody in America is a Christian. I'm like, wow, thank you. I, just, uh, I, hadn't, I thought we got them all. I thought, I, I thought everybody was. This is so shocking to me. But they have this thought that because not everybody is a Christian, that I should back up from calling America as a nation to Christ. And But the problem is what they don't understand is that even if, a, even if somebody's not a Christian, they should thank the God that they don't believe in for creating a nation that has a foundation in biblical truth and freedom. Because whether you're a Christian or not, you are living in the grace of biblical truth at the foundational roots of America. And so when people try to go, well, let's just be a totally non-religious nation, which is a lie, what they really mean is the religion of atheism, right? And an anti-God, socialistic, secular, communist spirit is what they really mean under the guise of irreligious, non-religious, neutral. There is no such thing. Everybody's worshiping. Everybody's worshiping. But th this thought that I could remove the foundation of something and have it still stand is something that people are, are grossly misunderstanding. It's why we have much of the chaos we have in America right now is because, well, we laid a foundation with our founding fathers. Not, not perfect, but we laid a, a foundation the best humanly possible on the truth of God's word. We are living in the blessing of building upon that rock-solid foundation. But Jesus said, if you build on my word, it's like a rock that when the storms come, the house stands. If you build outside of my word, it's like building on a sandy beach. When the storm comes, the house is going to collapse. And we are looking at collapsing areas of our nation and our culture because we've attempted to remove the foundation and think we're still going to weather storms. That doesn't work. That doesn't work. But I am preaching truth as somebody with hope, not without hope. So while I'm saying that, and that can be kind of a sobering statement that I'm saying, I've got great hope because we've got churches and we've got pastors and leaders like Pastor Jurgen and Leanne and churches like Awaken and people like you who are standing up, who are speaking truth, who aren't backing down from what's right, right? Full of courage, right? And as we do that, right, come on, we're, we're going to see, I believe, a restoration in many areas. We're going to see great revival sweep across America. We're going to see a shift in our land. And sometimes, unfortunately, we got to get hit over the head a little bit before we wake up. Sadly, I wish we didn't have to, but it apparently appears to be human history's repeating strategy. Uh, God blesses you. You start thinking you got all the blessing yourself. God goes, well, you didn't. And uh, so now life's going to be horrible for you. And then you're like, ah, why did we do that? God, come back. And he's like, all right. 
Unfortunately, that appears to be the biblical narrative. It appears to be human history's narrative. I'm just trying to do my best to have as short of a period of we don't need God as possible where we can call America back to the truth, back to the hope, right? Back to God's word in a way that we see that restored. Amen. There we go. I was going to say, what's up, dude? Just killing it. Killing it on the keys. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. Um, that'll help me wrap it up. Saw my wife getting hungry, so she's she started giving me the wrap it up signal. <laughs> um, you know, I, I think in in that movie, in that narrative, you know, she's she's in this state where she's running from it, and she needed somebody with courage to kind of course corrector in that moment and don't we all need that even the strongest of us even the most courageous and faith-filled of us that's why this is so important isn't it because man i might be bold as a lion most days but on on the day when i want to run in fear i need somebody to grab me and say hey stay in the fight don't quit keep bringing truth we need great people and god has called us to be that to be the dispensers of truth to be the people who are bringing that rope of truth, that rope of hope into a culture that's drowning, that's confused, that's in chaos, that's in disarray and dysfunction. And I want to encourage every single one of us to commit, to continue to commit, to be bold, to be courageous, to be truth tellers, to be people who are, who are just shouting from the rooftops the goodness of God, the mercy of God, the word of God, because this is the only hope. Right, And when you, the more you get convicted about that, that this isn't just a way, it's the way. The more I get convicted about the truth and about the hope that there is in God's word, it starts allowing me to get a little bit more vocal than I was before. I found that when I get convicted, I get vocal. Right? My level of vocal is determined by the level of conviction that I typically have related to any topic. And so I want to encourage us as a church. I want to encourage us as individuals, as families, to make a decision that in a world of chaos, we're not going to go along with the chaos. We're going to actually going to raise our hand and say, but there's actually a way. I know you guys don't see it right now, but let me tell you the way. Let me show you the way. Let me point you towards truth. Let me remind you what God's word says. A lot of the areas of chaos in our culture that they're so confused about is actually not that confusing because we have clarity through the word of God. Right? I like to say that the Bible is a little bit of a BS meter. How do I know what's true or what's not? This. When I'm watching the news, which I don't recommend, when I'm watching certain things, if, if I'm taking in inputs, how do I gauge if it's true or not? This. I've got to have so much of this that there's no room for the lie, that there's no room for fear. I've got to have the Word of God deep on the inside of me. The more I consume this, the more I can pick out right away. Nope, it's not true. Not true. I'm calling BS on that. I'm calling it. I got to call it. I got to call it because it helps nobody to just let lies run and say nothing. There's no, there's no value in that. 
right? I've, I've got to speak the truth because it's the only thing that's going to rescue people. It's the only thing that's going to set people free. It's the only thing that's going to bring life. It's the only thing that's going to bring fulfillment. It's the only thing, right? Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. Amen? Amen. Once you stand on your feet, let me pray with you guys. Before we head out, a couple things I want to do. First of all, just everybody lift up your hand. I want to pray for courage. I want to pray for boldness. I want to pray for truth. I thank you, God, if there's any area of our life where we have allowed lies to run rampant, God, I pray that we would have the courage to choose truth from here on out. God, I pray that you would illuminate through your word and through your spirit any areas of our heart, our emotions, our thinking that has been aligned with a, a secular, ungodly culture that's been resistant to your word, anything that is anti-biblical, God, I ask that you would highlight that to us. I ask that you would show us that we can begin to see clearly again, so we can begin to walk with courage and truth and clarity again. And I pray, God, that you would open up our mouths, that you would, you would use us as absolute megaphones for truth in a confused and hurting culture. I pray for boldness. I pray for courage in the face of resistance. I thank you, God, that you've called us for such a time as this to be light in this region and beyond. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Amen. Come on. Now, before we go, I just want to ask one more question. A question I want to ask every single Sunday, every time we have service. It's the most important question we all have to ask and answer. So we just bow your heads, close your eyes, because this is a it's a personal question you've got to answer. Nobody else can make this for you. It's between you and God. It starts there and it flows out from there, but it starts with that, that question of, are you following Jesus or not? Are you following your own way or are you following God's way? Have you been trying to make it all happen in your own strength? Have you been trying to just you know live in some type of performance mechanism? Have you trying to just outweigh your good to your bad? Are you trying to earn your way to God or have you surrendered your life to Jesus? Have you given him the leadership? Have you given him the oversight of your life? Have you received that gift of grace? See, our sin separated us from God, but he sent his son Jesus to die on the cross. He paid the debt that we owe. And because of that, because of that payoff of the debt, we can now come in relationship with God again. But all we have to do is put our faith in Jesus and begin to follow him. So around the room, I want to ask you in just a moment to lift up your hand. I want to pray with you. Maybe it's for the first time. Maybe you've never made the decision to surrender to Christ, to follow Jesus. And you're saying, man, this is my moment. This, I feel maybe your heart's pumping a little bit. You know it's your time to stop running in your own strength, but to follow Jesus. I'm going to give you that chance, maybe for the very first time. We're going to welcome you into the family of God. He loves you. He's going to save you. He's going to set you free. It's going to be amazing. Or maybe you've done that in the past, but if you're honest, you've been kind of running the other way, living life your own way, on your own terms. And you just know that God brought you here for this moment today, and you're going to draw a fresh line in the sand and say, you know what? I'm all in, God. I'm following you. Enough of trying to do it on my own strength. I'm going to serve you, Jesus, with everything that I have from this moment forward. If that's you, either one of those scenarios, for the first time or recommitment, on the count of three, I just want you to boldly lift up your hand. Let me know who I'm praying with. One, two, three. Just go ahead and lift up your hand. Let me know who I'm praying with. Awesome. Front to the back and say, that's me. Count me in. Put me in. Anybody else? Awesome. Anybody else? Say, that's me. Good. Okay, here's what we're going to do. 
want you to just raise your hand or maybe you're about to. We're going to pray with you. The whole church family is going to pray together. For those of you who raise your hand just now, I want you to pray this with just such a, uh, a conviction and a, and a boldness in your heart that he loves you. He's forgiven you. He's setting you free. He's healing you right now. And he's setting off a new, a new track for you, a new, a new way of life, the Bible says, and life to the full. So church, let's pray with them and those who raise their hand, I want you to pray this right now. Say, Heavenly Father, thank you for sending Jesus to die on the cross for my sin and raising him to life to give me life. Today, I choose to turn from my way and follow Jesus with all my heart for the rest of my life. Holy Spirit, fill me, empower me to live for you in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Thanks for listening. To find out more about our locations, team, and what we do here at Awakened Church, go to awakenedchurch.com.